we're trying to double our money on each deal. So there's enough margin generally baked in that even if the market corrects somewhat, that we could still resell the property and still make a profit or maybe not that much, but as much as we had anticipated, we should still be able to be safe in those deals. This is the naked truth about real estate investing. Your host, Javier, has already been through all the brain damage of this business, so you don't have to go through it. That way, you're not exposed to all of the risk of losing your shirt or getting caught with your pants down. So let's dive into another No BS episode right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show to the naked truth about real estate investing. And today, I was about to say I have Pete Rose on the show, but it's, it's Pete Reese on the show. That's close enough. And he's from San Diego, married, got three girls. I got five kids. I got four boys and one girl. She's 18. Oh, so. wow. And bless you, man. You got four girls <laughs> in the house, including the wife. So yeah. that's quite a bit. Does land flipping and other real estate investing. I'm, we'll chat about that. Got a podcast, got Instagram, got YouTube, and just very happy to have him on the show. But go ahead and introduce yourself, Pete. Well, thanks, Javier. I really appreciate you having me on the show. I'm definitely excited to be here. So yeah, basically, I've got a lot of experience in real estate. Started out as a flipping homes back in the early 2000s and eventually got my broker's license here in California. Market crashed, and then I shifted to only using my license to represent banks on their REO listings. So for a number of years there, that was like my primary focus. And the market crashed, and the only thing that we're selling were foreclosure properties. And so I just went where the business was. And I learned a lot from that whole process. And I also learned I never want to do that again. <laughs> but I also made some great connections with lots of investors. And then I transitioned into helping large investment companies find deals. And I was really good at that. I love finding deals. That's always been my thing. So I was finding them deals and was doing really well with that as well. Then got out of real estate altogether. I still have been licensed the whole time, but my wife started a business about blogging and travel blogging and showing people how to do that themselves. And for a number of years, that was our primary focus. And we built a pretty big business out of that. But I got the itch to get back into real estate and I just didn't know what niche to do. Okay. So I started doing some research online, like most people do. And I stumbled into some stuff about land flipping. And it really made sense to me. People talking about buying a property for 10000 and selling it for 30000 in a couple months. And to me, that sounded great. Triple my money and in a couple months, it sounded pretty cool. I like buying and selling stuff. So it seemed like it was right up my alley. So I bought a training program, a course on it, and I just learned everything I could on it. And I went all in. And then I just started 2021 is when we did our first land flipping deal, March of 2021. That first year ended up doing about 1.2 million and some change and about 50% gross profit margin. So on average, I was able to double my money and about 60 day hold time was about the average. 2022 ended up doing just shy of 3.5 million in revenue and then just shy of the 50% gross profit margin. And then 2023, looking to do 10 million plus if I can. So I'm already well on my way into that. So it's been really fun and just excited to see where it leads. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. So a few things, right? I'm sitting here and I'm talking about, you went through the crash already. So you have some experience with that, right? Times are different now. Interest rates doubled from this time last year, pretty much. So there's going to be some opportunities out there. So how do you see that as on the land side, right? Does that also affect the land side? Is even more opportunity now on the land side or, or is it going to be the same? Well, it's hard to say. I wasn't that involved in the land business back then. And I do think that we are going definitely through some stuff now. It's 
I guess remains to be seen how severe it's going to be or where exactly this is going to lead. That was kind of a monumental crash back then. And I would hope that it doesn't turn into that this time. I guess we'll see. Time will tell. As far as the land business goes, in correlation to the interest rates, there is a connection, but it's not nearly the type of connection, not nearly the direct connection as the single family market or even the commercial property market, because most of these buyers that we sell to and the type of properties that we deal with, they're buying them with cash. So although they may be using their house or something else as a source of funds, by the time it gets to us, it's cash. So yes, there is some sort of correlation. And I have noticed a little bit of slowdown in some areas, but it's still pretty brisk in most of the areas that we're dealing with. And the cool thing about the business is that since we've got such short hold times, we can really keep a close pulse on the market. And if we notice days on the market really creeping up and other issues in the market, difficulty selling our properties and things, then we can just adjust our buy prices accordingly, hold out for better deals and not do ones that are too slim in margins. I mean, we're buying these properties. We're trying to double our money on each deal. So there's enough margin generally baked in that even if the market corrects somewhat, that we could still resell the property and still make a profit or maybe not that much, but as much as we had anticipated, but we should still be able to be safe in those deals. So... Yeah, this is awesome. I got a good friend of mine, a partner of mine. We bought about 600 apartment units together. And I think about a year, two years ago, he's like, oh, I'm going to flip some land part-time. I think he spends about 10 hours a month. And I think his net was about 1.4, 1.5 last year. That was his net. That's great. His gross was about 3 million. So it's about 50%. And he spends about 10 hours a month. I'm like, man, I say, he told me, I'm going to flip some land. I'm like, yeah, man, you go ahead and do that. I'm going to go and buy these brain damaged apartment buildings where I got to kick out 50% of the people because they can't pay their rent and renovate them and sell them and get more gray hair. Right. He's got like awesome. his VAs and he sends letters out and he's like, yeah, it's 10 hours a month. I'm like, nice. Yeah, It's crazy because it sounds on the surface, like it'd be a risky business land. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to generate any money with it? And you're stuck with it if you can't sell it. But the whole key is to buying it right. And it's a situation where you can buy these properties right because it's not as liquid of an asset as an apartment building or a single family home because you really can't finance them. So you've got a lot of leverage on the buy side to pick up deals for people that really want a convenience buyer that are ready to move on. Yeah, this is awesome. This is a lot easier than flipping houses. I want to talk a couple of things, right? So you can somebody can say, well, flipping land is just transactional. It's just a job. But are any of these properties that you flip, do you do any terms like owner financing? Maybe you get an acre for 10 grand and go to sell it for 40 and somebody gives you 15 down and you finance the rest. I mean, you do do things like that? Uh, I don't typically get involved in holding notes in a situation like that. I'd rather just sell it for 30 instead of selling it for 40 and holding back the financing. But I have partnered with someone or I do have tool in my tool belt where I've got a note investor that will sell or finance for my end buyer. And then he'll buy out the note at closing. So in okay, situations where that makes sense, I've got someone ready to step up and do that. But I don't, I don't typically hold the financing myself. And that's a business model that works great for some land investors. It's just not what I focus on. Awesome. There's no right, wrong way. So yeah. as long as you're making money. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to ask a couple of questions, right? So I'm going to start going down here with my list that I wrote. So like what areas are you focusing on, right? Like what area and like what size or any specific anything you're looking for? 
as far as like an area? Yeah, so I, yeah, I've been all over the place. I try to establish myself in certain markets and really get a foothold and get some good people on the ground. We sell everything with real estate agents and land brokers and things. So I try to get established in certain areas and really know that area. And then it's almost like a little satellite operation in a way, but I'm not opposed to doing this anywhere. And we're always sending out test mail to certain areas to try to expand to new areas. But we've done a lot of our business on the East Coast. Now I'm in California and I grew up in Pennsylvania originally. So I've got a little bit of background on the East Coast, but so most of the deals that we've done have been like New York down to Florida, that whole corridor right there, and a little bit inland as well, a little bit to the West as well. But we've also done stuff in Washington State and some in the Midwest and stuff too. But I'm not opposed to anything and not opposed to any area that we can make money in. And then as far as the type of properties that we do, we primarily focus on rural vacant land. Some people focus on the infill type lots, the smaller suburban or city type lots, but we do the stuff outside of the cities, outside of the towns that are generally 10 acres and above is what our sweet spot is. So what would you say if you buy something like, I'm in North Carolina, right? Something for 10 acres in a rural area, you're going to pay about five grand an acre, 2,500 bucks an acre. Like what's your sweet spot? It just depends on the area. I mean, some areas in North Carolina are thousand dollars an acre if you're buying a big enough size property. And then some go all the way up. Some areas are 10,000 an acre or more even, but it just depends how desirable the area and what the market activity is like, what, what the comps are like, obviously. Awesome. So then you have some exit strategies, right? If you buy a 10 acre, do you split it up into one single acre and sell each acre off or you sell the whole thing at 10 acres or it just depends on the project? Yeah, it kind of depends. We look at each property individually. Sometimes we'll do that. Like we'll buy a large property, split it up. It's really easy to split up into five parcels. That's like a minor subdivision, they call it, especially in the South, North Carolina. You just basically hire a surveyor. They do the map and do all the stuff and then file it with the county. And then you've got your five different parcels and sell them off that way. So it's very easy in states like that. Certain areas like California, that would be a nightmare to do that. But where it makes sense to do something like that, we would definitely do it. It adds time. But other than that, we can generally make a better profit margin doing something like that. But Awesome. And, and you're going basically pretty much direct to seller, right? Straight to the owner, you negotiate yes. with the owner. And, yep. Uh, direct mail. Yeah. We send letters and we send them out offers in the mail. Do you go ahead and buy it up front or do you get under contract and then sell it and double close or it depends? Yeah. We always buy things. We close with our own cash. So we'll contact these people off market. They'll call in, we'll negotiate a deal. We buy it cash. So we close through an escrow attorney, title company, whatever is customary for the state, just to make sure everything's good with the title. We do a whole due diligence process. Then when we close on it, we pretty much get it listed on the market right away. If we're doing any sort of value add type stuff, we'll get that happening immediately as soon as we close, get it listed with a local land broker agent, and then sell it as quickly as we can. So you want to hold this property for, I would say, what, less than six months, 90 days to... to Yeah, yeah. As 60 days is the target. Sometimes they end up being quite a bit more, but sometimes even less. Close them as quick as 11 days, I think is our quickest one. Awesome. Well, this is the naked truth about real estate investing, right? So what's the naked truth as far as folks trying to go buy land and they buy something they can't sell, or they go buy something that has like this uh, the endangered turtle that you can't move uh, your trailer in there? <laughs> the biggest red flags, right? That you look for right away. It's like a big yeah, yeah. That's a good thing. And that's what we call them in our own internal system. It's like we've got a column in our CRM for the due diligence process, like red flag. So <laughs> we have this whole process that kicks off. We send out a photographer to walk the property. We call the city, we call the county, we call the utilities, we call all this whole checklist of things. 
And we try to eliminate all that type of stuff. And then there's the title report that comes up. Sometimes there's issues that come up with that. Like I had a property that we were buying, everything looked cool. We were ready to move forward. Then we got the title report at the very end. And at some point in the fifties, it was registered as a landfill. Like you couldn't determine that, but just looking at the property, but at some point they were using it as a local landfill. They had obviously buried all the trash and everything. So to the naked eye, like we couldn't tell there was anything wrong with it, but that's something that I definitely didn't close on. I don't want a liability like that. I'm trying to buy assets, not liabilities. So that type of thing. And a lot of stuff can be uncovered by just having someone do a site walk for you. And then there's random stuff that comes up sometimes like the neighbors cause a problem or something like that. That's hard to determine while you're under contract. But thankfully, knock on wood, we've been able to navigate through all these issues and haven't lost money on any deals yet. I know it's going to happen at some point here, but hopefully if we do, it won't be too bad. All right. So that was my next question, right? So what's the biggest mistake you've made and how could you have avoided that? Yeah, there's been a number of mistakes I've made and I'm I'm trying to learn from them as I go forward. One thing I try to not do is unless I'm absolutely certain that it's a buildable lot, I generally don't close on them if it's like a less than two acre property or something like that. Because there's only one use for those properties in most cases. It's either build a home, but if you can't build on it for some reason, then it's not large enough to be a recreational property. So I bought one property one time where we just didn't do all the due diligence that we should have done on it. It was a two acre property. And thankfully it wasn't a high dollar property or something. It was, I don't know, $15,000 or something. But found out after we closed... I just assumed that we would be able to hook up to the sewer there, but for some reason we couldn't hook up to the sewer. And then there was like a red flag with the environmental health department where they wouldn't allow a septic system on that property. So then it was kind of stuck. Like, what do we do with this property? It's not buildable and it's too small to really do anything else with it. But thankfully someone bought it and I just ended up making like a thousand dollars on it to get out of it. But that's the type of thing that could happen. It easily could have gone the other way and I could have lost five, 10 grand on it or something like that if I didn't yeah, so, find so, someone. So that's know, why but. you have your due diligence, right? You got to go through that's your due diligence right. and do the best you can and make sure you get the right purchase. So yep. everything has as, as good as bad and the ugly, but I, I yeah, think you can, you it know, does. cover a lot before you buy, then you're a lot safer, right? Nobody bats 100. Well, I can't say nobody. For yeah. sure, I don't. I don't bat 100. So every once in a while you get, you're like, shoot, I missed this. That it costs you money somehow at the end, but hopefully it's not too much where you don't lose your shirt or there goes your business, right? So, yeah, and it's 15 grand. I mean, it's still 15 grand. That could be, you know, it's a lot of money for yep. some folks, right? But it could be 15 million, right? That's uh, that a yeah. nice big mistake. So, I was here just typing away and I'm in your website, turningprofit.com. And yes. I see a picture of you and a lovely lady. I'm assuming that's your wife. Yeah, that's my wife. Okay. And uh, you got some episodes on there for the podcast. You got blog, you got media appearances, you got a newsletter there, some reports. So pretty cool. Turningprofit.com. That'll be in the show notes. And I am also going to go to Instagram real quick. Let's go to Instagram and it is, give us your Instagram. Turning Profit Pete. So just right. started that account in January, but so. Yep. Okay. It's no problem. We're going to find you now. Turning Profit Pete. All right. There we go. I see you. some fire in the back. I don't know that background. Approach. <laughs> That's one of those right, AI images. I, I, That's awesome. I there we go. Yep. So you got another follower. I just followed you there. Awesome. Uh, you got, yeah. You got YouTube as well. YouTube at Turning Profit, Twitter at Turning yep. Profit, TikTok at Turning Profit. Pete, you got to dance more on TikTok. 
to get more I know. Followers. I got to work on my moves. You know, you got to get more <laughs> followers on there. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so tell me, I see your newsletter here. So you do some coaching, some land coaching or? Well, yeah. So what have we got going? Like the website, turningprofit.com. That's the home base that we use for a podcast and everything. But also on there, I post a monthly income report about our land flipping business. So each month I go into like exactly what's happening in our business. So how much revenue we brought in, how much profit we did, each and every deal that we did, like what we bought it for, what we sold it for, profit on each deal, how many days we held it for, a bunch of notes on that. So I kind of put that out there and I've spent a lot of time on that content to just show people what's maybe possible with the land flipping business. I also created a land flipping community and there's buttons on the website there. And that land flipping community is a place for people to learn about land flipping. I've got Lots of brand new investors in there. Lots of people that are already really successful in land flipping, doing over a million a year in there. And then I'm going to be releasing a free training program very soon. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, you'll see it there. But yeah, it's a really extensive program. I've been working on it for many months and just giving it away free. At some point, I'll offer some mentorship program for those that are looking for that extra layer of help or whatever. But for right now, I've got nothing to sell or anything like that. Well, that's great. So I went ahead and I just signed up to your newsletter. So I'm going to get your reports. Uh, once your course is ready, I'm going to get your course as well. I'm assuming on this losing the letter. Yes. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah, you'll see it in the land flipping community if you join there. Okay. So. We'll go to the land flipping community. Let's see yeah. where we're at on that one. And that's on the income about us blog, media appearances. Okay. I see. Yeah. You'll see there. like a button. It'll say like join our land flipping community. It's like a black and green button. Oh yeah. There it is. Yeah. I missed it. It's huge right in the middle. There we go. <laughs> awesome. Definitely for sure. I'm going to jump on that as well. I encourage awesome. everybody. I uh, love people that are giving a lot of content and they're not asking for anything in return. And yes, at some point, Pete, you should get paid for it, right? Uh, you can't, <laughs> yeah. You can't take a lot of free calls, a lot of free advice yeah. over the phone. You got to get paid for your time because uh, time can be used for something else, be with your family, et cetera, right? So you do got to eventually at some point, anybody who yeah. wants fun or, or more in detail, get paid for well, it. Well, yeah. I mean, I figure by doing this as well, I'll be able to partner with a lot of people on deals. So that's another goal of mine. I'm like, hey, I know that a lot of my students and everything will come up with great deals and I'd love to fund the deals and partner with them myself. So that's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You get, yeah. You get access to some deal flow, access to some money as well. So it's also, yeah. it's a win-win for everybody. So this is awesome. This is cool. And it's something you do with your wife, uh, your daughters involved at all. Yeah. You know what? The funny thing is my daughters, I've, my two older ones that are 22 and 20, they saw what I was doing with the land flipping stuff and took an interest in it. And they had some money set aside. They pulled $8,000 together between them. And then I started throwing them some of the smaller deals that would come my way. And over the course of about a year and a half, they took that 8,000 and then they parlayed it into 84,000 now between them. And, uh, over about six deals that they just smaller land flip deals that they did themselves. So I'm very proud of them for that. And that's been pretty cool for me to watch and help with it and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely super cool. Get your kids involved in the family business, right? At some point, they yeah. need money. Like, Dad, you need some money? I'll fund your deal. <laughs> I know. I'll be asking them for money, right? <laughs> yeah, right? And, and that's awesome, right? That's, that's when you feel like you've arrived, right? When your siblings. Yeah. Your kids, right? They can take care of them themselves and you don't have to really worry about them anymore. And it's just a nice place to be. So that's awesome. It's great to hear. Well, before we go to the uh, next part of the show, which is my favorite part, uh, is there anything that you'd like to add that we missed, Pete? No, not really. I mean, I think you are uh, pretty thorough there. So yeah, I mean, I'd love to see anyone that's had interest in land flipping at all. 
please uh, join the community and say hi. I'm always hanging out in there and trying to answer questions and all that stuff. So. Cool. Well, I just signed up for it. I'm going to go in there and ask some questions, but I definitely got in your newsletter and I got in that community as well. It's awesome. I haven't done any land flipping, technically, not on purpose. It's just an accident back in the day when I used to flip houses. I got a two acres. Okay. And then I would just put it for sale and I sell it, right? And then, yep. you know, just I'm a little slow. So my brain never picked up and said, you know what? Instead of me buying these houses and flipping these, making 20 grand a flip, taking six months and having a herd of cats and all these contractors, I should have just flipped land. And I think about it all the time. But anyways. All right. What is the last show you binge watched? The last one, at least that I can remember that comes to the top of my head would be Narcos. Darko's so, all what a great show. All all the different seasons of that on Netflix. I loved all those. Yeah, or uh, oh, uh, also Jack Ryan. I'm not sure which was first or last, but those are both really good. Darko's is one of my favorite. Pascal is one of my favorite actors. So yeah, so good. I don't know. Are they coming out with a new one? Uh, I, I heard that they ended at Mexico with a chopper. We started. He was about to start digging some holes underneath, but they canceled the show. But they they're coming up. Yeah, they canceled the show that part, but they're coming up with a new show. It's a Narco's show, but I think it's a lady who's. But it's not part of the season anymore. So ah, okay. Sorry to give you the bad news. But I'm sure it'll be good. <laughs> anyways, all right, let's go. Question number two. All right, you're San Diego. You know what? People talk about LA food and stuff like that, but let me just say, San Diego food is good. So, uh, what's your favorite food? I would have to say burritos. Burritos, <laughs> California burrito. San Diego makes some good burritos, man. So I gotta say. Yeah, you know, it's like the size of your arm, you know, like you can feed. The yeah, you know, I'm a crazy thing. I'm vegan. So I've been vegan for a while, but they've got some great places around here that actually make good vegan California burritos. So that would be my. All, all right. So I'm going to hit you up now. So talking about being vegan, the only thing I did not like about being vegan was the cheese. That was just a very sticky cheese. So I just did uh, without, didn't like it. But my wife and I went vegan this year for a little while and then we went vegetarian and now we just eat fish and chicken. Yeah. So we started backwards, right? We wanted to go hard. And it wasn't that hard, actually. It was actually fairly yeah. easy. So we don't eat any uh, red meat or pork. I didn't, really, I didn't do anything. I still eat a lot. And I lost like 15 pounds. So Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, for me, I kept going more and more extreme, I guess. But started with vegetarian and then I progressed to vegan. But my wife and my oldest daughter are vegan, so it was easy right, for me. So they do it for health-wise or they also love the animals? No wrong both. Yeah, for me, so, it's both to, as well. One of my kids is 110% vegan. I say the extra 10% because there's no leather in his car. And his oh, wallet. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like hardcore. And I told him uh, early part of the year, I said, hey, uh, you know, mom and I are going vegan. He's like, I thought you love your meat. I said, uh, yeah, I do. Like, I do love it, but I'm going to go vegan. But I still have my baby panda gloves. I'm not going to throw those away. Yeah. And he's like, oh, <laughs> that's messed up, dad. That's messed up. But yeah, I mean, I didn't do it for the animals. I did it just for yeah. my <laughs> All right. Here we go. Third question. Okay. All right. So you're in an elevator and you got to talk to somebody who's six inches from you. Do you brush your hair or do you brush your teeth? Brush my teeth. Yeah. My hair looks pretty much the same as it does, no matter if I brush it or not. So brush your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have my hair messed up too. I just definitely brush it. Yeah. Teeth. Awesome. Pete. <laughs> Thank you for being a good sport. You survived the naked truth roulette. I was a little worried about this. So that's pretty good though. I like that. <laughs> right. So I appreciate you being on the show and I hope to see you around in. One of these events, uh, I don't know if you travel around the country, you do some events, but I hope to meet you uh, in person. Yeah. Buddy, make sure you follow him on social media, Instagram, YouTube, check out his group and get on his newsletter. Remember guys, do a deal right. Don't mess up the due diligence so you don't lose your shirt. 
just as promised, I like to give out free stuff, some tools and tips that's actually helped me in my business. There's nothing out there like getting some free stuff that people have spent a lot of time, energy in putting together. It's like a referral. Somebody asked me for an electrician. You don't know what kind of brain damage I had to go through to give you this good referral for an electrician. You got to appreciate referrals from people, okay? Because they went through a lot to find that one good person. So I'm going to give you my due diligence template for buying apartment buildings. It's attached to monday.com. It is an affiliate link, so they're going to send me a kickback. Not a lot, but a little bit. But you can either download it as an Excel or you can put it on monday.com. Monday.com is pretty cool because it's a project management platform software. It's super cool. I use it all the time for my social media, for my team, tracking deals, doing tasks for everybody. It's, uh, it's actually pretty good. You can track construction. It's a project management platform. It's a really cool Monday, like the day, monday.com. So my due diligence checklist is there for free for you. This has been The Naked Truth. Our mission is to give it to you raw. If you got value from this episode, you're invited to leave an honest written review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.